to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Sugaring on this podcast. It's Kathy. Uh, if you want to uh, follow me on Twitter or the show on Twitter, you can follow us at Strict Anonymous or at Cartoon Therapy. That's my own private Twitter. That's I tweet out of there more than the Strict Anonymous one. I'm bad at social media. I think it's because I'm not 25. Um... Uh, if you want to write a review for my show, that'd be really great too. I love reviews. I don't pimp that out enough or try to make people do that or talk about that too much. Or maybe I do. I don't know. <laughs> but I need reviews because it helps me get up in the rankings or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, so write a review. Subscribe to my podcast. Keep listening. Write in to me if you you have some opinions about the show. I love to get emails from listeners. The email of the show or my email, because I respond to all emails that I get, is strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and if you want to be on the show and you have a problem or just like a secret life that you want to talk about or something, or you do something interesting and you think you'd be an interesting guest, send me an email at strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com and I'll uh, have you on our next show. On this show, I've taped a bunch of episodes. So I'm doing all of my intros after, depending. And it's like kind of confusing at which one I should air. We're going to air a guy who wrote in. And we just started chatting via email. I think I counted the email exchanges back and forth. and It was like 37 emails. <laughs> I typically like to know nothing about my guests. So he kept trying, you know, before I speak with him, he kept trying to ask me a lot of questions. Um, he was a guy who saw my Craigslist ad and, uh, and I, I taped him so long ago, I don't remember a lot of what we talked about, but what I do know is the gist was that, you know, he's sort of a guy that's kind of faithful, but he teeters on doing illicit things behind his girl's back, but they're very, like, appropriate and within, like, a boundary of, like, not cheating, if that's possible. It's not like that guy Craigslist Phil who thinks he wasn't cheating and he's, like, fingering and doing all kinds of crazy things. This guy, like... I don't think he really is that bad, but he does a lot of things online and he engages with women um, and he's been married for a really long time. And that's what we discuss. And we discuss a lot of other, you know, sort of general things because he's a very inquisitive type of guy too. I mean, that's what, why, what we were emailing back and forth about is he was really interested in doing a podcast himself and he wanted to ask me a lot of questions and I'm just like, let's just talk about this shit on the podcast. And that's what we talk about. So it's an interesting show. I forget what I call him. Maybe Kevin. I think I call him Kevin. Um, if not, you know, whatever, what does it matter? I, the reason why I make people make up names is because I don't think like that kind of shit really is important. I never have retained names, uh, of people. That's the kind of, not the kind of stuff I remember. I remember everything else about a person. I don't remember everything they told me, stuff about their life, the important stuff. I don't think a name is really that important. Some people actually do believe a name is very important. Um, I personally don't. I mean, you didn't even have, you didn't even name yourself. Like it's like your name isn't even your own sort of choice. But anyway, um, so that's that. So I have Kevin on the show coming up. So stay tuned. I'll be right back with Kevin. I think that's his name. Okay, bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Hi, this is Kathy. Is this Ken? Hi, Ken. Yep, Ken. Hi, Kathy. You know, you've been emailing me from an email that says key holding, and the whole time I've been looking at it, I've been reading can holding because I'm dyslexic, even though there's no N in there. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. Yeah. So um, I was looking through your email just to sort of get an idea of what we were going to talk about, and I counted how sure. many emails we had together. We had 33 emails back and forth, <laughs> just really? so you know. Yeah, that's the most yeah. emails I've had with anyone. Um, and I, you know, we've we've discussed a lot of different things, but you know, what I get from the emails is you're like a married dude. You obviously found me on Craigslist, so you do some sort of business on Craigslist yourself, right on the side. I know that you said that you're married. You've had 
emails in the past with women and you've gotten caught by your wife, right? You've also do- done the webcam thing with women and that was like a thing. But you stopped that so you wouldn't get caught, right? How long have you been married yeah, for? Yeah, I did that before. Um, it'll be 25 years um, in October. 25 years, right. And so you just go on to Craigslist to have like these sort of illicit uh, like email affairs or anything? Have you ever had real affairs in life or like what's the deal? Um, well, yeah, illicit email affairs are probably um, are probably more like it. Um, I don't uh, I don't meet anybody. Um, I uh, I just kind of enjoy the uh, the bantering back and forth and, and the possibilities. Um, I did uh, I did stray back um, back in 2001, 2002, somewhere around there. Uh huh. Um, I had I, I I met her uh, through. Um, through Yahoo IMs, um, uh-huh. going back and forth for about a month or so. Um, come to find out, she was a stripper, and uh, I went down to, to see her uh, to see her strip. And uh, one thing led to another. We, we got a hotel room, and uh, and that was it, really, just a one-time thing. I mean, we kept going back and forth, and uh, she ended up getting engaged. And she said, once she got engaged, that was it. And I and I respected that, and uh, so that was uh, so that was really it. Uh, between us. So in the 25 years, you've only really cheated on your wife at one time? Yeah. That's pretty yeah. great. I mean, listen, I think, I you know, know, if the way that you keep your sort of, you know, your feelings for other women, because I know that, you know, we, we talk about monogamy and that kind of stuff on this podcast all the time because I'm fascinated with it because I think it's like kind of like a hard thing, especially for guys. And sometimes it's a, like not really that realistic. And um, I don't know how a man could keep faithful for that long right but you know maybe that whole email thing that you do and everything is like enough to sort of get that part of you out right and get it satisfied so you could stay faithful do you think that that helps yeah i think that uh that helps a lot um you know it is you're right it's, it's difficult especially when uh you know you see all types of women and all types of dress um, they converse with you. They, they, even when I'm at a at a bar or something like that, and I start talking to a woman, you know, they'll really tell me everything, you know. And it's pretty erotic and it's pretty exciting when they start telling me about, you know, their sex life and and uh, how many uh, times a week they might masturbate. Okay, or, but or, how? Right, right. But when you say you go to just a random bar, I mean, listen, every guy would love to be sitting across from a woman and have them tell them like all their sexual stuff and with them masturbating and stuff. But I don't think that that happens to regular guys that often. Like, how do you get no, girls no, to tell doesn't. you that stuff? Like, how does that no, happen? It just, it just, it just happens. It doesn't happen all the time. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not an extrovert by any nature, but um, I'm an open kind of guy. And uh, if I'm with, uh, you know, if I'm with another uh, a friend of mine or so, and, and we're just at a bar or something, we see somebody, you know, that, might be interested in just talking to, so we might strike up a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems that uh, women are more than eager to to tell people all about their uh, their sex life. You know, more so than guys. You know, guys are pretty pretty quiet. They're not going to say anything, even at the gym, or you know, even if you you hang out with your buddies or something like that. They're not going to talk to you about you know having sex with their wives. They don't really talk about anything, guys. Not really. No, we don't really talk much. No. Let's say if we say you know you and I were sitting at a bar and we happen to strike up a conversation, we talk about everything, and then it turns to sex. And I'm sure you're going to be the same way. You're going to be pretty open. You seem like an open person. You're going to be just telling it like it is. And and I would I would too. You know. So. Uh huh. um, It just it just happens. And alcohol always helps that situation, right? Because maybe some of those women wouldn't be so you know open if they weren't a little slightly buzzed or totally loaded. I don't know. I'm pretty dark. I don't drink. I haven't drank in like 11 or 12 years. I don't, I don't even, I can't even, I've like lost count at this point. I would probably be open with a total stranger if I felt like he wasn't being sleazy about it and it wasn't like him trying to get down my pants but wanting to just have an intelligent conversation about sex because, I mean, that's what I do on my show. I happen to love talking about sex. I think it's interesting. I think it's kind of funny. I think it's, uh, and you know, and, and I could have that kind of conversation with, somebody about that if I felt like I was in a bar though and some guy was like trying to get me to talk about it in like a dirty way or a way that it would kind of lead to something that probably would be something that I wouldn't be into but I'm assuming since you're not you're not bringing these women home right because you've never cheated on your girl that you're just a naturally curious person and I could tell that because of out of those 33 emails you tried to get me in conversation a lot of the time like you just wanted to get to know me you asked me a lot of questions and I was like let's leave it for the podcast you know because 
I like to have my conversations with people as total strangers on my show and on the call because, like, to me, you never know what you're going to get, you know, if we have, like, an amazing conversation via email. Like, I miss that on my call. You know, I mean, that's the kind of yeah, stuff yeah. I want to capture on on tape so I could air it as an episode. But, yeah, you just yeah. seem like a naturally curious person. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, I I, I enjoy uh, you know, I enjoy it. You know, I, there's nothing else I can say. And uh, you know, you're right. I, I cheated on my wife once, um, and it wasn't intercourse. You know. Um, oh, you didn't even have sex with her, full-on sex with her? No, no, we, we really didn't have a lot of time, so it was just really oral. And um, and you know, we figured, oh, at some point we'll get we'll, we'll get to that part. But we, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of time, and and uh, we were kind of doing it. You know, behind the scenes, and uh, it, it just never, uh, it just never got to that other, you know, to that other point. So, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as Bill Clinton says, uh, maybe I didn't cheat, right? <laughs> no, I think that that's cheating. <laughs> listen, I'm sure oh, you're. Okay. No, that's totally cheating. But listen, like yeah. I said, I don't really think in the scheme of thing, or like if there's a scale of like cheaters, and I think that there's different kinds of cheating and different scales of it, right? You know, and there's like. Some like the the worst kind of cheating to me is like these guys like to me they're like the Tiger Woods of cheating you know they're like not only just fucking other people they're having massive text messages you know they're really having like relationships you know and they're and it, it's consuming all their time that's very different than the cheater that maybe like once in a blue moon you know on a business trip gets wasted and fucks somebody that they never talk to yeah. again you know there's to me there's different degrees of cheating your degree yeah, is not really that bad considering twenty five years one time. With a stripper, yeah. and you know, you, you probably could have fucked her a lot of other times, but it just never. Yeah, I could. right. Yeah, you're right. I could have. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and, and the thing on the bar, you know, the bar scene, and you're talking to women. Um, I'm not looking over there to to, uh, to pick somebody up and bring them home at all. I'm just looking for a good conversation. Right. And if it turns to sex, hey, it's great, you know. And I'm not the creepy looking type of guy, or I'm not sitting there, you know, drooling over somebody and and uh, you know trying to you know buy him drinks and trying to get him get them drunk so they can, uh, you know, maybe cop a feel or, or anything like that. But, uh, you know, it's just really, like I said, it's, it's conversation. Um, you know, the right. women that I've met and I've talked to, they're really not hammered. It's, they're not out there um, uh, drunk. Um, they might be sitting with a girlfriend and, and mm-hmm. the girlfriend chimes in or I'm hanging out with a, a friend of mine and he chimes in. So well, this is what really I think, gorgeous. Ken. I think this, and it's very similar to me. I know that you said in the emails back and forth with me, you've always wanted a your podcast yourself or like a show yourself where you talk to people. You're probably wired similar to me in that you're a people person and you like to sort of like, you know, get in there and learn about people. And I think that people could smell intention from a mile away. I, and, you know, and if you're not like, I'm not a judgmental person at all. So all my life, people have always told me stuff about themselves and been very open. And I think it's because they know that when I'm questioning them, you know, I question them because I'm just really curious. You know, I just like to learn about people. And I'm never questioning someone to find out something that I could, like, sort of pin on them or judge them. But I think a lot of other people, though, ask that question questions in that way. And that's why people become pretty closed off. And I think people don't even realize that they know what, where someone's coming from. But on a certain level, I think people do. So if you walk in a bar and I could tell you're sort of like me where you're just, like, asking questions because you're curious – you're not judgmental. You're not a sleazebag. It's not because you're looking, you know, you have an angle and an end goal of banging that girl. I think on some level she picks that up without even realizing it, and that's why she feels comfortable to open up to you. That's why people feel comfortable always to open up to me, too, because I come from that place, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree. But how did you get into the whole webcam thing? Like, how do you get, like, I mean, I know, because I, I get guys calling all the time, and they're on Craigslist looking for women to do business with them, and they can't make that shit happen, because I don't think that there's many women on Craigslist. But where do you find the women that you're going to be, like, that you're webcamming with and stuff? Like, how did that well, you, happen? Here's how it all started. Here's how it all started. Um, Yahoo has that I am thing. So um, somehow I, I found it, and uh, I found that they have these, different chat rooms so i ended up going into a chat room mm-hmm. that was uh you know that was uh um it, it, there's a, a ton of different ones and this one happened to be about you know sex so i i happen to stroll in and i'm watching all the conversations and you know as time grew on i jump in on the conversations and i start discussing with people you know just various things and then i realized that some of these women uh, men had cams going so I clicked on the can, and there'd be a woman that would be naked, or you know, she'd be touching herself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I'm thinking, geez, you know, what, what did I just walk into here? Mm, right. So, um, you know, one thing led to another. I got one myself, you know. And uh, so then uh, I started canning back and forth with, with women that happened to be in these rooms. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, so now we, I've got, you know, here I am. I'm, I'm sitting in my office. I'm naked as a jade bird. I'm, oh, you would do this I'm at work? Myself. Yeah, we do it at work. I mean, I only work about 10, uh, 10 minutes away from the house. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm always working, it seems, you know, unfortunately. Right. But um, it was it was a good uh, release for me. Um, you know, it kind of relieved my stress. Um, and uh, I'd be watching them. They'd be watching me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's how it kind of started, you know. And sometimes the woman would actually call. And, and talk to me as we're canning back and forth to make it a little bit more real. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty exciting to me. Right, um, like full-on phone sex. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there was some women that would be turned off by my body, but, you know, most of the women weren't. And, and that kind of was a, an ego booster to me, and, mm-hmm. you know, being, being a little bit older than some of these women that were canning back and forth, you know. Right, let me ask you this, Ken, because I ask everybody, like on the scale, because I I never want to see anybody that I talk to, and I like to keep everything totally anonymous, but um, what would you rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, For for looks or for body or both? The whole package, and then I'll get more specific. Um, I I would say, you know, and and I'm not bragging, but I'd say probably about an 8. An 8. And so why do you say, or how old are you? And how old's your wife, by the way? Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. That's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictly anonymous podcast. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Uh, my wife is 54, and I'm now going to be 57. Okay, and why do you say, like, you feel like they might be turned off by your body, but when they're not, it's a total turn-on? What's the deal with your body? Well, some people, uh, some women might not like a hairy chest. Uh-huh. Some, people, some women might not like, um, um, you know, uh, you, you're trimmed or you're, uh, you're manscaping. So right, right. Okay, so not, you mean like you know? that, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I always do, but some women don't like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and some women might like, uh, you know, a, a, a larger penis. Some might like a, you know, average penis. Who knows, you know? So totally. that's why, you know, that's when I say, hey, some people might like the body, some people might not, you know. And if I'm sending them a, a, a picture of me, I'm hoping that they're responding in a positive way. It's a turn on. Right, when they do, because you know, it's like personal. You feel like, oh, this person really at that moment in time is really getting off on me. So it makes it like the real deal. It's not like you're with like, a, you know, you're paying for a service and they're just like trying, you know what I mean? Going with it, yeah, turning right. on. It's, it's more real, which I think is better, right? Uh, because, yeah. you know, when you feel like someone's just doing, you know, going through the motions. Yeah, and you, it's, you, it's better for me, yeah, because there's somewhat of a quote-unquote unquote, connection there, you know. At least, oh, gee, she likes me, she's interested. Yeah, she's cool. horny for me at that time. Like, we're, you're both in that same zone where you're just, like, sort of, like, you know, trying to get off. And, uh, yeah. you know, you're both connecting each other. You never met anyone on the cam in person, though, right? It never took it. No. You never took that further. And how did you? And no. you, you stopped because you didn't want to get caught, right? Was it around the time that you? Was that? Did you get caught? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. For how did you part, get caught with the emails? Um, you know, sometimes you'd be taking a picture on your phone, and then you're submitting. You're sending the email to. Uh, uh, you're sending it via email, and she just happened to pick up my phone, and there it was. You know, your wife. There I am standing right. naked. Oh my oh, god! <laughs> you know, stupid. You know, you didn't, you didn't cover your tracks. I guess you know. Are you right? But how many times did she catch you, and what did, what did she do? Um, well, the first time she caught me, like, she caught me twice. The first time she caught me, she was really disappointed. I told her I'd never do it again. The second time she caught me was about a year and a half later, um, and uh, she got pretty upset and. Uh, you know, she wanted me to go see a sex therapist, which, which I did for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it, uh, you know, and, and, and that helped. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's just something, like I said, it's something that I enjoy and, and I, I don't think it's cheating. She thinks it's cheating and it probably is cheating, you know, in her eyes. Uh, but how can you anyone. not after 25 years, I think you, you get a pass after you're like above 20 years. I mean, come on. I mean, I know that people would be yeah. horrified by me saying that. I don't know that I would ever expect the man that I love to be faithful to me for 25 years and I, I gotta say if like if all he was doing was like email, you know what I mean and there was that boundary and I trusted that he would keep that boundary I, I think maybe that would be okay like I don't think that that's that yeah. bad you know what I mean yeah no absolutely I mean if, if uh, I if think there were more women like you I think that a lot more le- there would be a lot less uh, divorces uh, yeah but I'm not in that situation so would I really be that way I, I still don't know I've never yeah, had that right, long of a relationship right in my fantasy right. like I always talk about this a lot like I wish I was born 500 years from now because I think things will be a lot different for women I think cheating and the whole thing with men cheating is you know the it, it's worse for women than it is for men because men are going to cheat and do what they want because it is kind of easy to cheat and get away with it you know you it's not that difficult of a thing and guys are going to do it whether it's right or wrong and women we have these unrealistic expectations that men are sort of wired like us and they get to be faithful and you know and it's just not the case you know variety is a big thing for guys it's not that way for women so much you know um yeah. and well but the same with women though women can cheat anytime they want too and they may oh not totally cheat. They, and, they and, have, and women like do Women do cheat, and they cheat for different reasons, but some of them they just cheat because they're just fucking horny, you know. But I just think that with men are are just in nature wired differently, you know, than women as a whole. Um, You're always going to get people that are a little bit on a different end of the spectrum. But, you know, and so I think it's unrealistic and it's hard, and so many marriages get fucked up because some guy is just doing some sort of sexual thing on the side, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't still want to get all that other stuff from his woman at home, you know. And I, oh, I just think it's a weird concept that we sort of set up this whole marriage with monogamy. But if you're born into a society where that's shoved inside your head since a little kid, you know, it's hard to think otherwise. You know, I always talk about how yeah. I wish polygamy was just like out and about and okay. But I mean, it couldn't yeah. start now at my age, and I could, you know, because I've already been, I've already been sort of, you know, I've already bought into a whole different concept, you know, but if you, if that's what you believe since birth and that's just the way shit is, you know, everyone would be fine with it. Yeah. No, Hey, look, I'd, be, I'd give a, I'd give anything if she was a little bit more, um, uh, wired like I am, you know, but uh, she's not, she's a woman. You know what no, I mean? It's not. No, no, not at all. I mean, we have a great sex life when we have, when we have sex, you know, so. And how um, often at uh, 25 years do you have sex? Uh, we probably have it maybe once a week, once every 10 days now, you mm-hmm. know, which is a lot more than some of my friends, I'll tell you. Right, you know, right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, uh, you know, she was wired a little bit more than me, uh, I mean, a little bit like me, you know, maybe sending a couple of little text messages with a little picture on it here and there or something like that. That excites me. Or she decided, you know what, she wanted to be, uh, I've always wanted to do a threesome, but I've never had the chance to do it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've, we've discussed it, and she said no, and I have to live with it. You know, what am I going to do? So, right. You wanted uh, her to be with another woman or another man? Um, either or. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, a threesome, I, I, would, have, I would rather be uh, a two-woman for me, but if she would rather have a threesome with two guys, I, 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 you know, I would do that. And, and, you know, I told her, I said, well, leave it's sex. Sex is sex. It's not love. It's not like we're going to fall in love with somebody. We have to set rules. Right. You know, but if you, she's uncomfortable with that, I'm not going to force her into something like that. It's just, you know. Right, and she's not into it at all. I mean, at this well, point. she wouldn't do that. And not even going somewhere where you could have, you know, sex in, you know, in the same same room with somebody. You know, she's not into that either. So. Well, listen, at least you've been able to have that conversation with her and, you know, talk about it, you know, and you've tried, you know. Um, but she's just just not at that place. Yeah, she's never going to do that. So, and but you still have a good sex life. I think that's great. Yeah, like you when know, you do it's, have it's sex. Pretty open. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, it's, I'm pretty open. And and uh, if she says no, I don't want to. I don't want to disappoint her. I don't want to. Um, you know, I I don't want to get a divorce. Um, do you guys have her, children? But, um, yeah, three three children, high school age and college age. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes, like, I always imagine that when you get into double-digit years with somebody and you know that, like, you're in it 
you know, for the long haul, you know, and at this point, I'm sure, I mean, what would be the point of you guys separating after 25, you know, like you're, you know, you're going to stay with each other, right? Like what is really the big deal if you do this or that? And that's probably why I'm like, I'm glad she didn't like divorce you because she found those pictures, you know? Um, Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it is devastating for a woman, I'm sure, for that to happen. Because she, I think the fear for her probably is that you wouldn't be able to keep a boundary in that situation. And you would eventually fuck these people or whatever, you know. I wonder if she knew for a fact you wouldn't go past a certain point whether she would really care. Um, Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I I told her once before that uh, I would never stray. you know, I would never have sex with anybody else, but I would really like her to, to join a, with, with me and another girl, or, or uh, if she wanted another guy, we would do that, too. And like I said, she just said no, and I said, okay. You know, I brought it up a couple of times over the last probably 15 years or so, but, you know, it, it, it's no, and no it is. So. No is no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if, I'd like, I think I've had some friends who have brought a third party into, like, their relationship, but... And it's gone awry afterwards. But that's because they were only dating for a couple of years. I think after you've been with each other for many, many, many years, I feel like you can do something like that. And even if it doesn't wind up being ideal or it's not really right, I think your relationship could survive it because you have such a strong enough foundation after, you know, 10, 20 years of being with the same person. I would hope, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I would think so. but Not your girl. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. How do you keep your emails away from her now? Like, you still do this email thing, and you're still on Craigslist. Like, how Like how did she learn to trust you? I mean, she never started, like, snooping after that or whatever, like, you know? Um, you know what? I, I, she probably has, and she's probably still thinks of it, you know, deep down maybe he's doing something. But, uh, you know, if I'm emailing, it's really just in the office. Uh, I'm not doing anything on my phone anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know... Uh, I'm not really sending any pictures. When I say really, I think maybe over the last two years, I might have sent, you know, uh, sent one person a picture of of, of me, what I look like. Um, that's not bad. But, uh, yeah, but that's not right. You know, it's really curtailed. And, uh, um, you know, so does she still worry about it? Oh, yeah, I'm sure she does. Is she snooping around? Yeah, maybe, but there's nothing there, so... That's cool. Um, and you don't think that uh, your work sees this shit that you're sending out? You do it on work email or on a work computer? Yeah, I work for myself, so. Oh, that's uh, good. You know. Right. But, so, uh, yeah, and, you know, you, you, you always get that, you know, that, that thought that something, you know, somebody could see something at some point and then the, the house of cards falls down, you know, so. <laughs> right. That's why you stopped but, the cam thing. Is that when you, when you said you went to the sex therapist, did that help you stop the cam thing because you were yeah. like into it? Yeah. Well, I, I had stopped it a while ago because I had left that job where I was at and um, I just felt, you know what, I didn't have another opportunity. So I get rid of the cam. Um, it, it served its purpose. It was exciting. I, I liked it. I wish I could do it again, but it's kind of like an alcoholic. You want that drink. You know, and you know that you can't because if you do, then you're going to get, you know. It's just so good. You're not going to be able to, like, walk away, right? Yeah, I am that alcoholic, and that's why I don't. I'm an addict for sure. Like, I like to take things to the, you know, to the the end, you know what I'm saying? So I know there's certain things that... Like, I smoked weed recently, and that's probably like not what a... Like, some sober people would be like, you can't even do that. But I was like, you know, I haven't done anything in, like, to 11 years. Like, I'll smoke weed, like, whatever, you know, because I know I won't even like it, you know. And I smoked it, and it didn't really even have that big of an effect on me the first time, but it did give me this kind of, like, fuck it feeling, you know. And I thought less... And I didn't care as much and I didn't analyze as much, you know, and it was kind of nice. I have to say I hadn't had that kind of a brain in so long because I am an overthinker and I tend to think a lot. I'm very in my head, you know. So to take that edge off was sort of nice for the 24 and it lasted like a little bit like it even lasted the next day. And then I went back to being myself and I was like, oh, you know, and it wasn't my weed and I didn't buy anything or so I didn't have it at my house. But I have to say for the next week. I, in my mind, I was like, oh, like, you know, thank God I don't have weed in my house because I would, you know, right now while my mind, well, yeah, I would be like, oh, I can't stop fucking thinking I should smoke weed, you know, and like the next day when I'm having an issue with my guy, I should smoke a little weed, like, and it would become the answer to all my problems, which is like, I don't like to feel uncomfortable. And so, and the weed really like took away that edge. 
And that's why I would never, I can't do stuff like that because all of a sudden when, if I see an out like that, I'll take it, you know, and I can't because it's not really helpful. What? Yeah, it might be too much. It might be too much for you. You're right. You can't handle it. But yeah, it's it be, not good. Wouldn't it be wild if you were stoned and you had sex while you were stoned? I just wanted to try that. I oh, I used to do that a million times. I was a weed head. Okay, I've been there, done that, oh. everything. So that's why I did it. I thought, oh, like because back in the day when I smoked weed, like I would just smoke it and like fool around my boyfriend. I mean, I smoked it all through high school. And uh, yeah. I was really bad. I got thrown out of like three high schools. I couldn't even walk into my house unless I was stoned. I mean, that was my first drug of choice when I was really young. I think I started smoking in eighth grade and I smoked every single day. I would smoke with my bus driver. It's so fucked wow. up when I think about it. <laughs> and then I would smoke every day until I'm like 11th grade and then I quit smoking weed. And then over the years after that, I would every now and then smoke with boyfriends who I, you know, because I always got along with like potheads, though I didn't smoke pot. And so I'd smoke with my boyfriends every now and then just to have sex because it would make the sex amazing. But I have to say when I smoked the weed recently with the guy, it didn't really, maybe it was bad weed because it didn't really do anything to me except that take that edge off but I didn't find anything else to like it wasn't like oh this is like the best sex ever and that's why I smoked it because I'm like I'll just relive out my you know younger years and like smoke some weed and have great sex but it wasn't like that and then we smoked again and I have to say it was like it bugged me out It I never was more stoned it was like a different batch of pot and it freaked me out and I couldn't take it and I'll never smoke again (laughs) I think you need the right weed you need, yeah, maybe. Just yeah. once. Give me, you know, let me try it once. Just once. It's, uh, yeah, why don't you try that with your wife? That would be like a fun oh, thing I to do with your wife. Oh, yeah, she won't do that either. She, well, I'm not going to do that. You know, so why not? Okay, you know. She'll, you only live once. You need to talk that bitch into doing it because that would be fun to do with your girls, especially because you've been together yeah, yeah. for so long. Why not? Smoke a little pot. You have no kids in the house anymore. Eat a little pot brownie or something. I don't know. Then you're going to be stoned for way too long, I think. I've never... I've never ate it. Like, I've never had, like, a pot brownie, but, you know, I think it's fun. I think pot is harmless, whatever. I mean, for me, I don't even really like it. I'm an up person. I mean, for me, my drug of choice, if I could do anything and not have consequences, would be cocaine. Because cocaine just makes you feel up and great and confident and good, and that's about it. Like, it doesn't make you feel weird or anything, you know? Yeah. Pot pot could bug you out, you know, if you get the wrong weed. But if you hey, get look, the right I've, one, it's great. I've had plenty of weed in my lifetime, you know, and, and mm-hmm. uh, not so much in my older years, but right. know, sure, I, I smoked through college and, you know, on you know, um, golf trips or something, somebody might have some in my, you know, pot take. And uh, um, so I've, I've had that, but it doesn't really do much for me anymore. But I sure would like to try it when I'm with her and just, you know, get naked and uh, see what happens, to be honest with you. But, yeah, and um, nowadays the weed is very different. It's much better. I think the guy that I smoked the weed with just had one time he had bad weed, the second time he had, like, bug out weed. Like, But I think you could pick and choose exactly what kind of pot you have. It's, like, different nowadays, so it would probably be better. But, yeah, you have to talk her into it because I think that that would be, like, a lot of fun. I think that you want to do yeah, that with yeah, somebody sure. that you're close with, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good point. Let me. I'll keep working on that. <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, I mean, like, does she drink? Do you guys drink a little bit together? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we drink, and and uh, and, and and the sex with us isn't routine. You know, we might. Um, How do you, you know, keep might, your sex uh, good after twenty five years? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm very. Uh, my mind is very. Uh, um, it wanders a lot, so I might have different scenarios, or I might, you know, I might have her, uh, you know, sitting in a chair, and and uh, you know, we do it on the chair, or we sit on the couch, and uh, you know, or, or a blindfold, or something like that. Try to try to spice it up here and there, you know. And, and she's, for the most part, she's, um, you know, she's receptive. Um, uh-huh. But uh, you know, she does draw draw lines like like we just spoke about. But uh, for the most part, she's receptive, and she knows that. It brings joy to me, and, and she is the recipient of that joy, to be honest with you. So, right. Um, mm-hmm. so, so we try different things. You know, we don't, she, she doesn't, uh, you know, she might text me some, some naughty thoughts or something like that, but, uh, you know, but, uh, and then when we get home, and you know, hopefully nobody's home, great. If, if they are, then we try to wait until after, uh, after they go to bed or something. Uh, uh-huh. um, sometimes that ends up where we're in bed before they are, so it's when we pass out, you know. So, right. Um, but uh, you know, just you know, we we do the best we can. We try, you know, to make each other look 
with snakes for each other, and uh, we're not walking around in sweatpants and uh, and slippers all the time. So, right, um, even though you've been together for twenty something years, you haven't sort of let it go. I once had a guy on a podcast. I never aired it. It was very early on, and he was. Uh, it was like his wife after the kids was like just walking around, like he said, with the sweatpants. She had gained weight. She didn't care, and I think sometimes. A lot of women sort of relax into it because, listen, being a woman, there's a lot of upkeep that men don't really understand. You know, there's a lot of things you have to do. And um, and I think sometimes a woman sort of is like, oh, I finally got got a guy. Right. And like I could maybe not take care of everything because it is a lot of work. Yeah. And I think they don't even realize that it happens. Right. Well, guys are like, I'm sorry, but, you know, I think guys are a lot more gross than women. I I can't even handle. I have so many guy friends that, you know, they're older. I'm going to be 46. They're my guy friends. Some of them, they look like they're pregnant with triplets. You know, they got those big fat bellies, the little skinny legs, the little skinny arms that have hair growing out of places that you're not supposed to have hair growing. And they're like judging women. Like, I have to say, like, nobody's business. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. An ape. Point seven, an eight point yeah. seven will walk by and they'll be like, "Oh no, look at that little stomach she has!" Like I would never fuck her. It's like, are you kidding? You're like disgusting, yeah, right, yeah. you know. So yeah, I, exactly. I think men uh, always have like since the dawn of like I think from the beginning they let themselves go. They don't even give a shit because they don't have to. They don't have that upkeep. I think guys are different nowadays. The younger generation is very different. The guys have to yeah. dress better. They're more into their looks and more self conscious. It's a different world. But we didn't grow up in that world. The world that we grew up in is like. You know, women had to do all this stuff, and men just, you know, they didn't have to dress up, really. No guys were into dressing nice or their clothes or, you know, and they didn't really take care of their bodies. I think men naturally keep muscle tone different in a better, in an easier way than women. But still, most men get fat and gross when they're older, and they still think, and they still do get ass. I'm sorry to say. It's just because women, we're wired different. Sometimes, like, I mean, I've dated all kinds of looking guys. It's not like I'm... Like, oh, someone has to be perfect, perfect body, perfect face. Yeah. You know, we're not wired yeah, that but way. You look, but you look at men, don't you? Yes, you but I look at, at them in a right? different way. Do yeah. I, what do you mean? Like, okay, so what's the question? I, yeah, I look at men. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you look at men, and when you look at a guy, um, is there a specific uh, part of a man's body that you look at, or is it just you're looking at the whole package and you say, oh, geez, he's an attractive guy? Yeah, uh, if anything. No, okay, if any, I always, like any girl, I'll always look at the face, you look at the vibe, but it is the whole package. But if any part of the body I look at, whether it's men, woman, child, animal, I'm an ass person. I love asses, like, and I like funny looking asses. I like all kinds of asses, but I also like a nice ass, like, and I'll look at that. And so, um, because that to me is the the middle. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, I think that, like, Yeah, I think it's like the middle of everything. You never see a person with a great ass and a bad rest of their body. I I just think that that is the focal point. So if someone has a nice ass, everything around it is great, too. And I don't think that's the reason why I look. I just get fixated on asses for some reason. Like I said, even funny-looking ones are weird-looking ones. But a weird ass, like one that's, like, concaved or, you know, that might be, like, a turnoff for me with a guy but other stuff not so much i'm very into physical fitness i've always taken care of myself and my body is still really great at my age because i've worked out since i'm like 20 years old and but i'm not into like i don't look at guys and judge their bodies so much you know what i mean it's not like i'll look at a guy that's like a little bit out of shape and be like oh fuck that if he has a vibe about him or he's got you know and i start to talk to him and he's really funny like i've dated guys that were fattish and i don't mind it at all yeah yeah, I think that's the way the guys present themselves too. Whether you know, whether it be at work or, or, or you know, when you were talking about how you, some of your friends are, are getting a little bit obese, and they might say something about a woman, and you're saying, "Well, look at yourself, look at yourself." Yeah. Never. I think that a lot. What happens is a lot of times guys do just just kind of let them go, and they don't look at themselves in the mirror and look at what they're wearing when they walk outside. It's like, you know, do you, do you have any respect for yourself? It's disgusting. Sure sure I've yeah, done man sure makeovers. Good. I've done man makeovers on more than one of my guy friends and really changed yeah. them because a lot of these guys have, like, a lot of potential. They just need to, like, up their wardrobes, change their hair, cut it, buzz cut, something, you know? A lot of men could look a lot better than they do. I love transforming people, and I like helping people, so I've done man makeovers more than you know once and uh it's always really gratifying for me because i could see a lot of guys and be like wow he doesn't even really have to do that much to look 10 times better you know 
But uh, a lot of times it's like the change of clothes, a change of hair, put them on a no carb diet and, you know, they can lose right. weight like really fast and look 10 times better. And I, I, you know, and it's healthier for you. I mean, that big fat belly in front of the, the guy, like that's not healthy. That's really bad for no, them. No. Right. Or, or, you know, even if you, know, you do the best you can, you know, so if, if you get a really big gut, start losing weight. But you know what? You can wear a nice shirt. You can wear a nice pair of pants. You don't have to have shoes that look like they're, they're like 40 years old. Exactly. You know? and, but you know what? Like, listen, what's more important to you when you're older? I mean, you know, I just think like you can't like people think like, oh, it doesn't matter that I'm 50 years old. I still want to eat like a 17 year old. You know, you can't do that when you're older. It's like a car. You know, your body is like a car when the car is old. You got to take care of it, you know, and it's just like when you're younger, that's your time to eat whatever the fuck you want and do those kind of things. And your metabolism's faster and your body can handle it when you're over 40, 50. You got to you got to pass up pizza a lot of the time if you want to look good, you know, but every now and then if you take care of yourself, you can have whatever the fuck you want that's how i live my life but i say no to a lot of things because i know that i'm not 25 i'm 45 and at 45 if i want to look good i can't eat like that because it's it's that's just the that's just the fact but people don't see it that way um i'm very into health and fitness so for me i'm just wired to always think that way i'm horrified by the way people eat and their diets and how they take care of themselves because it's like not good for them everything in moderation that's what i say you know what if you're gonna have a, if you look at that piece of pizza have one you don't have to have five well for somebody like me who i am always like moderation is so lame moderation is very hard for me and that's a whole different sort of it's a very hard moderation it's a different kind of discipline i'm very disciplined in that i could say i'm going to quit drinking and i quit drinking for 12 years i could say i'm going to quit smoking I quit smoking for 16 years. Like I've done, I'm a good quitter, but I'm an all or nothing quitter. And that's actually easier than moderation. Moderation is hard. Having one is hard if you're wired a certain way, you know? So I think if you're wired the way I am, it's, it's about saying no 99% of the time. And so for me, when I have that one slice of pizza, I can't just have one. I know that when I have pizza and I allow myself to have pizza, and that could be once a month because I work out hard and I do what I want. It could be twice a month if I fucking want. I make the rules. I'm going to eat a whole pie. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm going to have fun. You. And then that's it. And then I go back to yeah. being good. Yeah. Well, it, it's different for different I, kinds I, of I, people. Uh, I, I guess, but I, I'm just—I guess I'm not wired that way. So. No, you're uh, definitely not. You're—I admire the way you're wired, and it's great the way you're yeah. wired. You're not an addict, and that's why you could yeah. webcam women and get really into it and know rash like know when the right time is to stop. An addict doesn't yeah. know that it, when they like yeah. something and they get in that zone, they can't stop. It's a very different thing. You don't have that. You're not an addict. And I think that that's that you're healthier. Like that's a healthy way to be and the more normal way to be. And moderation is healthier than being an extremist. But sometimes when you're like wired the other way, you just can't help it. It's a matter of knowing how you are wired, who you are, and then, you know, living your life accordingly. Like I can't pretend that I'm like you. You know what I mean? I'm not like you. I can't do the moderate thing. Um, But you can. And that's great. What? Is it all or nothing for you? Yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. But I do all or nothing in a much more healthy way at this point in my life because I did quit all of my bad addictions. And, you know, and I'm 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 moderate with some of my good addictions. Like I'm a gym person, but I'm certainly not a crazy gym person. You know, if I don't go to the gym for a week or a month, like I'm fine with that. And I'll go when yeah. I need to, but I keep up with it, you know. And I've been able to be more moderate as I've gotten older because I, I, I've gone to therapy and I work on the addictive part of my personality. But it's always slightly there. Like I said, when I smoked that weed recently, I saw that part of myself come back. And, uh, you know, I have really good discipline. I'm very disciplined. So it was easy for me to be like, I could I could hear those voices in my head, but I could ignore them. You know, I've learned to be able to ignore them and not sort of follow that feeling that was like, oh, go smoke more pot, you know. <laughs> but that's a yeah, hard that's thing. Right. I, I think you said it right. I think the voice is in your head. You know, mm-hmm. You've got to try to... And sometimes they're hard to ignore. Um, I know they are for me, but sometimes I look at what the ramifications are if I didn't ignore, Mm -hmm. and that's what kind of brings me back in. No, that's smart, right. And you could only have that rational thinking, you know, when you're not sort of in it. The minute you say, oh, I'm going to follow those voices, and once you follow them and you're doing whatever it is, you're, you're, you're not rational anymore. So you have to have that rational thinking beforehand, right? When those voices come up, you have to say to yourself, like, I'm not... 
even going to go there. And that's what I do. I don't, I, I don't feed it. There was once this like movie a long time ago. I forget. It was like about quantum physics. And it was really great. What the bleep do we know about anything? I don't know. And it talked about these sort of brains, like uh, connections that we have. And that's like addiction. And it, it shows that like every time you feed that connection, it just becomes stronger, right? And then you become hardwired. And the only way to unwire that connection, whatever it is, is to stop feeding it, whatever it is. So if you know, you're hardwired to have to eat pizza every fucking day, you have to stop eating pizza. And you have to literally starve that part of you. But that starvation process is brutal. I mean, I've starved myself of smoking cigarettes. I've starved myself of smoking, you know, weed, alcohol, meaningless sex. I've done a lot. I've killed a lot of those sort of things in my brain. And uh, it takes a long time. Sometimes it's like years before you stop hearing those voices. But it eventually, yeah. over time, becomes easier, you know. But sometimes we're always there. And it's kind of fucked up that you realize, like, how powerful those connections could be. And the only way to kill it is to starve it. Like, people have sugar addictions. I see tons of friends that have sugar addictions. I'm like, the only way to get over it is, like, whenever you want sugar, don't have it. You just can't yeah. have it. You know, and the more you don't have it, the less you'll want it. But even when you slightly want it, you just can't have it. That's the way to kill an addiction. Yeah, and sometimes, yeah, you, you're absolutely right, and I agree with you. Um, the uh, the thing with me, you know, sometimes if I see a woman just walking down the street, I'm like undressing her with my eyes, and I just yeah, that's you know, normal. That's the right thing to do. No, that's normal. Kidding. You know what my guy friends tell me, and it's so true. And as women, I think sometimes to myself, like, wow, like how many guys have that I don't know have jerked off to me? You know, that like strangers on the street, right? Because like as women, we don't really realize that we're walking down the street, and some guy on this other side of the road might see us and go home and jerk off to us. And because my guy, oh, I have a lot yeah. of guy friends that tell me that yeah. that's the way guys are. That's not like um. That's not wrong. I think that that's actually more healthy. And if you feed that part of yourself, yourself and you use your imagination, like you said, you know, you, what you think keeps your relationship going with your wife is you use your imagination for things. And so if you could really go there in your head and live out your fantasies in your head and make it real for that moment, you're, you know, for those couple minutes you're jerking off, when you're done and you go back to reality, you feel a lot better about yourself if you've done that fantasy in your head than if you lived it out in reality. Because I think sometimes yeah, yeah. if you live it out in reality, it's a little bit more dirty, it's more illicit, there's more consequences, and you feel like, oh, my God, i got to take a fucking shower, you know? Yeah. Whereas if yeah, you yeah. do it or in your head... Excuse me? Do women do that? Do yeah, women they do that? cross they, those lines yeah. and take it further? Yeah. Well, or or do the jerking off scenario? Yeah, yeah do they, the, you know, do the diddling, uh, you know, so, oh, geez, look at that guy. They go in the, the ladies' room and they start diddling. And, and, Maybe, uh, but I this mean, is, I, yeah, but not like, I don't, as women, I don't think we, at least for me, and I'm a very open, sexually experienced person, and I, I don't see a guy across the street, you know, but I know that guys do. Like, that's completely the thing where we're wired a little bit different, but you know, if a woman knows a guy or meets a guy or and starts, a, you know, has some sort of chemistry with someone, that could happen absolutely. But it doesn't happen as often as men. You're hardwired to see a girl across the street. Like my, I remember my one friend was like, okay, if I see a girl across the street and like the wind blows and her skirt goes up a little bit and I see a little bit of her thigh, like that's good. That's good enough for me. Like I'll go home and jerk off to that girl. And that's just guy. Yeah, that's just guys. And I don't think that that's wrong. If you're doing yeah. it in your mind, who the fuck cares? Yeah, well, that's the, the best place. Because, yeah, because there, there was this, um, there was this woman. I, I forget how I ended up meeting her. It had to be through Craigslist or, or uh, maybe Yahoo or something. Anyway, mm -hmm. it, was, it was a while ago, and um, you know, so the pictures were sent, and she was turned on, and she was telling me that you know that she would do, and she would go home, and she'd look at my pictures, and she'd diddle and. And uh, it got to the point where I was telling her while she was at work to go into the ladies' room and take pictures of her while she was diddling. That's what she would do for me. You know, uh -huh. to me, that was pretty. Uh, it was very erotic, and it was uh, pretty powerful for me. I felt like you know it was uh, great for my ego. Uh -huh. um, it was exciting, and uh, you know, I, I, it was a big turn on. For and, sure. Uh, you know, I mean, it, so. yeah, now we're all going to look at our coworkers differently when they tell us they have to go to the bathroom. I mean, these, this is why I like doing <laughs> well, my podcast, because you never know what people are doing, right? Like, look, nobody yeah, probably yeah. knew that girl at work. Did you ever see her? Like, she could have been, like, the most uptight-looking, regular-looking gal, right, at work that you would never have any idea. And she's having this, like, sort of secret sexual thing with a guy yeah, right, and yeah. during work hours. Yeah. And, 
you know, I think people have all kinds of urges sexually. And because we're so repressed, especially, you know, in the United States, like everyone has to keep everything so under wraps. I think in a weird way that makes it more illicit and hot, yeah. right? The sort of yeah. wrongness yeah, of it adds to yeah. it. So people are doing these kind of things. I think if you could keep it at a certain level and you have proper boundaries and you're not an addict like you and you know where to draw the line, it's okay and it's healthy. You know, like I said, I believe sometimes to live out your fantasies in your mind is sometimes a lot better than in reality. Some people think, oh, I want to live these kind of fantasies out in reality, but I think maybe sometimes in reality it's not as great, you know? And so if you could just do it in your head and get it over with, the minute you're done having your orgasm, you're like, oh, that, you're, you're back to normal. You know, you don't even care. It's that some yeah, people right. live in that moment and they need to more and more and then they go doing real stuff and then they feel terrible afterwards. But I don't really think you have to. I think sometimes stuff is better kept as a fantasy. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. You know, um, I know you. Yeah, s- you might be right, but I mean, geez, I'll tell you. I, I, I mean, would I ever stray? I hope not. But you know what? I, I, I can't say that. Uh, I haven't yet after twenty-five years, and that's pretty good, like you said. But you know, I don't. That's know, to, great. Uh, you know, More than come pretty up to good. Me and say, hey, you want to join in? I uh, sure. You know, uh, and you know what? Uh, I really would give you a <laughs> pass on fantasy. that. What? All right. Well, I says every man's fantasy, right? Totally, and you've never had that, and you, you know, and maybe your wife will never give that to you. Maybe you'll never have that. I don't know, but uh, if you did that, I, I, you strike me as the type of guy that would be able to do it once. You'd be like, okay, that I got that, you know, that yeah. was my fantasy, and then you could be done with it and go back to your life. It's like the guy that you worry about is the guy that would do that and become addicted. You know, I know guys that are addicted to sex for sure. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. could have really used your therapist, okay? And they don't, and they're um. And they just, when they scratch that itch, they can't stop. And that's yeah. the that's the guy you don't want to be married to. Your yeah, wife's got a good guy. I think it, like you're yeah, great. You. you know. Yeah, thank you. But I'll tell you, you know, you have all these fantasies and all these desires, and you keep them kind of hush hush, and you keep them, you know, so that you, they don't come out. But it's hard sometimes, you know. So, like you said, it's it's uh, you know, it's a fantasy, and I try to keep it like that. But I, you know. If I ever got the opportunity, I'm not sure what would happen. Right, but I think that what helps your fantasy, like what helps you not have to take it to that to the real level, is that you sort of give it a little room to breathe in the email exchanges you have with women and that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you do do a little bit, right? You don't just keep it yeah. all in your head. You are on Craigslist yeah. looking for women. You are emailing women. You're talking about sex with other women. You know, you do sort of go there a little bit, and that probably helps keep it at bay. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. You know? Um, If you were 25, maybe you'd be cheating a lot more because sometimes, like, what they say is, like, you know, a man cheats as much as his options. Like, I mean, right? You work hard. You said you're always working. You're 57 years old. It's not like you walk into a bar and you could have any girl you want, right? So, like, yeah. that makes it a little bit, like, you know, there's less availability maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Right? You know? So yeah. yeah. It, it's not like you could just fuck anyone. But, uh, um, so that helps. <laughs> but I think at this point, if you had another affair, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. You've only had one. And I know, like I said, yeah. my listeners would probably be, some women would be like, that's so fucked up because I'm a woman and I understand and I think it's, but I think your girl is lucky, you know, she has you. I would, you know, if I could have a guy like that, that, you know, because for women, the hardest thing is finding a guy and thinking realistically that this person's, because I know how men really are, that it could be, you know, really, really faithful for that long. Yeah. It's you don't take Viagra or any shit like that, right? No, no, I don't need that yet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't need that. I've never taken that. Right, right. See, that uh, changes the rules, too, because a lot of older men now, they just take that, and they need to fuck a lot more, and so they could just keep screwing, and it's just uh, it's a big um, problem, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think you yeah. have stuff under control. You said that you also write for websites. Is that the truth? Fat Life, is that, was write? that you? Do you write for websites? No, that, no, 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 that's not me. Oh, it must. But, you know, I've, I've written, you know, on some of the emails that you, that I might send to, uh, you know, on the response to an ad or something. I might write uh, a scenario, or I might write a, a, a like an erotic novella. Uh huh. Um, that's because that's what they're asking for, and I kind of 
So I said, all right, well, my mind wandered, and I put it down on an email, and it, it's pretty exciting to me, so I, I, I write it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you write back, and they, you know, and then you go back and forth on all these different, um, you know, these different scenes, you know, so the story builds from uh, from its infancy all the way through to, you know, like a like a uh, like a story. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I've done that in the past, but uh, you know. And throw in a picture or two every once in a while. You know, right, but you're not hard. I know, like, I've always wanted a dick pic guy on my show because I had a, like, I know two dick pic guys, and I've always, and none, you know, one was an old roommate of mine that just, like, sent me an incessant dick pics and tried to get down my pants for, like, many, many years, for years after he lived with me. It was, like, really nutty stuff. And then I had a guy that was a friend who I started fooling around with. It was a massive dick pic guy, too, and it was just, like, constant dick pics. It was, like, really weird. But interesting to me, and I've always wanted a dick pic guy on my show because I think that we all know those people, and it is like a thing. Obviously, you're not that guy because you've sent picture here and there, but you know there are dick pic guys out there, and if anyone's listening and you're a dick pic guy, please call into my show because I want that kind of guy on my show because I think I want to get underneath or inside the mind of a dick pic guy, oh, even yeah, though I yeah. kind of know what it is because I know these two guys really well that were into it, but they don't want to be on the show, but I think other people would be interested and getting yeah. behind that sort of uh, mind. Well, I've sent dick pics, but, but it's not like that. Not incessantly. Sent, but, but no, yeah, not, not like that, no. No, these guys would send them to me unsolicited or constantly, no matter how many times I said no. Like, it was very, like, bizarre, you know, and it was Were you like, offended by that? Were you offended? Uh, you know, it's hard to offend me because I'm so, like, um, open. And both of these guys I knew really well. So it wasn't yeah. like I was like, oh, my God, so, you know. Um, was I offended? No, not offended would be the wrong word. Um, not interested would be the right word at most of the time, especially with the first guy because he was a roommate of mine. And I didn't, I was never interested in him and never wanted to sleep with him. Um, and he just wanted to go there and he was just like, and he was very dirty and I, I wasn't offended, but I wasn't turned on at all. If anything, I was very turned off by his stuff. The other guy was a guy I was sleeping with and we had amazing chemistry, but he was like a commitment phobe and didn't want a relationship. So I didn't want to go there. And when I said no to him, he couldn't fucking handle it. And, you know, so those that dick pics and all that shit, it was just too much. And in the same way, it was like it wasn't a turn on. It wasn't a offensive, but it was like a turn off because I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not into it. And for me personally, like. With the second guy, I always looked in the background more. I was more interested in, like, where he was when he was sending it, who was in the background, if he was oh, where yeah, he yeah, said yeah. he was. Like, I, that's what I was looking at. I was like, enough of your dick already. I've seen it, like, a million times, you know? <laughs> but so I didn't really care either way. It's, it's interesting to me. They're both of my friends, you know? So it wasn't like... Um, it was just like this other secret side of them because as regular people and as friends, they were totally rational human beings. But when their dick got hard, they turned into maniacs and they couldn't stop saying like an Anthony Weiner, like a Tiger Woods. When people are that sort oh, of yeah. neurotic about it, there's an addiction that goes into it. And that's definitely there. And that's why yeah. I would like to talk to that person, because I think everyone knows people like that. And that's what you want to get into the. I like to get into yeah. those people's heads because there's like dysfunction there and we're all dysfunctional. I have my dysfunction, so I get it. You know, I just think it would be interesting to talk to someone that has that dysfunction. Well, I don't know anybody like that. <laughs> so I can't there. All right. But what, anyway, thanks for calling in because I mean, you're interesting because like, I think what people could take out of this call is like, first of all, we talked about interesting different topics, you know? Um, yeah. But also, I think you have a very healthy relationship. You're somebody that, you know, you don't get a lot of people that have been married for as long as you have still have good sex, haven't really cheated. And uh, and so I think you're a testament to that, the fact that that could actually happen. And, you know, yeah. and that, you know, some guys out there aren't wired to be total maniacs, you know, and 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 you're not and you're not addictive and you're moderate. And it's uh, it's uh, it's good. It's all good. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Now, um, I'm not going to send a dick pic. I'm going to send you a pic. Is that all right? Yeah, listen, uh, so I don't need to. to. No, you, you shouldn't. No. Honestly, this is the deal, and i got to okay. tell you. I'm glad you brought uh, it up. I mean, I can't, I, was... I can't tell you how many pictures and sure. dates I get after, like, after my 
uh, calls all the time. A guy will be like, oh, just so you know, and they send me a picture. And I like my show is called Strictly Anonymous because I just want to keep it anonymous. I think that's the best way okay. to people be uh, honest and open. And, uh, you know, who knows what happens online if you ever have a threesome or your wife catches you. I'll have you back on the show. You know, I don't want to know who you are. I think it ruins things for me in a weird way. So I have right. gotten pictures unsolicited. I'm glad that you asked me ahead of time. I think it's better if you don't send it. There's no need for it. Okay. Okay. If you ever get if you ever get that curiosity, you just email me back and I'll send you all that. Okay. Um, <laughs> your wishes. Yeah. You no, know, I don't. Um, I have strong you, boundaries have ever, with my ever, show. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever done threesomes? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. No, no, I'm not into. I like to be with one person at one time. Like that's my thing. You know, I like that yeah. kind of vibe. I've always, and I've talked about this on my show, I've always wanted to be a swinger. When I was younger, that was like my goal in life. Like one day I'm going to be a swinger. I was always really interested in it. I watched a lot of documentaries of it. I've never been, I've had commitment issues, you know, just because of stuff that I've been through. So I've never been in a long enough relationship to become and to, to, to become a swinger, right? Like, I, you know, because I yeah. believe the only way you could do that is when you really know that, you know, emotionally and in every other sense, you're sort of tied to that person and you have that security and then, you know, who cares about sex? But I've never gotten to that point with someone and I don't know that I ever will. So, um, but I've always wanted to be a swinger and be open to that way. But, you know, for me, I'm still trying to figure out the whole intimacy thing. And to me, intimacy is really, you know, you and just another person. And I think that's the best way to start off relationships and the best way to be. And it's always been enough for me. I'm like you. I'm very, I have a very good imagination. I was talking about this with somebody recently in that, like I had one guy once I'd be like, could you dress up in this outfit and that? And that's fine. But like. I don't know. I could like imagine stuff in my head so well because I'm very creative and I have a good so that I don't really need a lot of stuff, you know. Um, So one person in my imagination is enough. If I have if I have, you know, I know how to make things work and I have really have great sex. If I have chemistry and I have imagination and that person's on the same page with me, it's been enough. But I haven't been with anybody for 20 years. You know, would it be enough for me after 20 years? I don't really know. And what would I do? Would I have threesomes and do all that stuff? I don't know because I haven't been put in that position and I can't, I, 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 like I say, I, I say to myself like, oh, if I was your wife, I wouldn't care if you email, but I don't really know. I don't know who I'd be in that situation. Um, you haven't been with somebody for, for uh, you haven't been with anybody? Or no, anybody? I've been with a lot of people. Go read my book I told you about. No, I've been with a lot of people. I've never, my book is really funny, actually. There's a lot of sex in it. There's a lot of relationships. It's like laugh out loud funny. It's very short little relationship stories. It gets to the point really quick. Um, It's like a chapter book. You could read one chapter or you could read the whole thing from beginning to end. It's like my losing my virginity story, which I don't think any other person has this story. And it's all true up until the time I'm 40. And they're cartoons. I drew them as stick figures. It's a pretty basic read. And um, so, no, I've been with a lot. I've had like, a, you know, I think the longest relationship I've ever had is like two and a half years. Um, And I've had millions of relationships with all kinds of guys, but uh, nothing serious. I've never been married and nothing very long term, though. That is my goal. I've always been working on my commitment issues. You know, like I've worked on all my other issues and uh, I believe in commitment and I want a real relationship now more than I've ever really wanted it. I've always been into sort of not having it and been be, been interested in being solo but uh, I feel differently now that I'm older yeah. I'm just not dating right now but when I do date that's that's what I look for well I'm going to read your book and I think that what we had talked about was I always wanted to read a book about what, what, what I've been doing over the last you know, all, all the women share with me over the last uh, few years, you know, that's, that's the book I want to write. Yeah, you should. I think we talked about that yeah. in the emails too. Yeah. I mean, listen, writing a book for me was one of the hardest things I ever did. If somebody would have told me ahead of time what I would have to have done to write that book, I probably would have never done it. I did. I literally drew it all in a car, in a Sharpie magic marker and it turned out to be like 160 pages. And then I sent it to somebody and they're like, wow, this is, and this was somebody in the business. Cause I worked in entertainment. He was like, this is really good. You, you know, but you can't send this out to agents. You should put it on a computer, you know, and get, and then, so then I had to like do that and getting it, you know, into illustrator and onto a computer and scanning it. I had to, it took me like a year to do that. And then another year to get an agent and then they sent it out. It didn't get picked up. And then another, you know, six months to put it online and like all the stuff I had to do but it's like well, if you really start something like that and really do it and really finish it it's like a huge accomplishment I have such respect when I walk into a bookstore and see any book I don't care if it's about cat shit I mean that person if they put together a book about cat shit and it's already in the store or it's being sold online or 
you know, they have it in their in their closet. That's a that's a big thing because it's really hard. It's one thing to say you want to do it, but to actually do it and finish it is a is a huge accomplishment. But you have to actually do it, you know, and you have to be disciplined yeah. about it. And uh, it but takes a while, but it's it gratifying. What? I can't be doing it. With, I can't do it if the wife, you know, there's, there's the, uh, there's the catch. The wife will end up reading, you know, finding out what are you doing. Yeah, but maybe all that time that you used to take jerking off at work, you could take that, you know, twenty minutes or thirty minutes instead of jerking off. You could, uh, you could start writing that book. You know what I mean? You need yeah. time. I remember yeah. I was um, dating a very successful record producer at one point in my life, and I said to him, "Oh, I'm just. This is before I wrote a book." And he said, "You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to write a book one day, like I and I." And he's like, "Well, when are you going?" write i'm like oh, you know one day when it just comes to me like and he said kathy i hate to say it like because a lot of creative people think like creatively that you, you're not supposed to sort of stifle that or put any kind of boundaries on it or structure but you have to and he said if you never really write that stuff and structure yourself and tell yourself you have to write for this amount of time it's never going to happen there has to be a discipline behind your creativity and you have to do it that way and that's how you become successful and he was right like until i sort of said to myself i'm going to get up and write every single day at this time and i'm going to take all weekend and six you know so many hours i'm not going to leave my computer like until I did that, it would have never gone down. It doesn't just come to you one day. Your book's not just going to magically appear. It's going to take actual time, and you have to structure it and say, okay, every day for 30 minutes when I get to work or I'm going to stay late, 30 minutes at work, I'm going to write. And 30 minutes is hard. When you get into that creative headspace, you need hours and hours because there is something yeah. to it. So, you know, it's harder than it looks, but it's gratifying if you could do it. But read my book, and if you do, let me know. It's called, I should I pitch my book. It's called The Cartoon Misadventures of a Total Trainwreck. And it's on Amazon, yeah. and it's Kindle. It's a Kindle book, so it's only like two ninety nine. And like I said, it's a really easy read, and it's really kind of funny. And guys like it, too, even though I, I never thought it would be a book for guys. But guys like it because they say they learn about women. It's kind of yeah. sexy. There's a lot of sex in it when the sex is a part of the relationship. But uh, And it's... It's very direct and to the point. There's not a lot of blah, blah, blah. I don't like shit like that. So my uh -huh. book reads that way. You know, there's not a lot of adjectives. <laughs> yeah. Which I All think right, government I is so I, I can finish my, uh, I'm in work, so I got to finish. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, thanks so much for calling in, Ken. Okay. All right. Thank you, and uh, talk to you soon. All right. Good luck. Bye.